I don't know about you, but I was particularly touched this morning by the collect of the day. Oh God, you know that we are set in the midst of many grave dangers. And because of the frailty of our nature, we cannot always stand upright. So after a wonderful, peaceful time in Virginia a week ago, I came home last Saturday night to find a daunting list of troubles waiting for me, some of which felt like the grave dangers that the colic talks about. It was going to be a rough week, and I wondered, because of the frailty of my own nature, whether I'd be able to stand upright through it and even more to preach. I was scheduled to preach today. So I asked Arthur if he would be prepared to preach, even though he was going on the barbecue tour, and I wasn't sure what spiritual condition he would be in when he got back. Generously and graciously, he said yes. A sigh of relief for me, one less thing to worry about than trying to proclaim to you that God will provide when I am not so sure about it myself. But then in the midst of our staff meeting on Tuesday, as I'm lying awake at night worrying about everything, God's word came alive to me, especially through the prophet Jeremiah and specifically through his call from God, so that it became clear to me that like it or not, my troubles were not the reason not to preach, but the reason to preach no matter if I couldn't muster up anything positive to say about God, because he has plenty of good things to say about himself. And as God continued, as he continued to work on me through his word, I began to feel a little like Jeremiah, who later on in his ministry said, if I say I will not mention him or speak no more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. So I told Arthur, never mind, even though it is clear that his spiritual character is intact, in spite of a visitation to 12 barbecue places last week. Like Moses, like Isaiah, like Jonah, Jeremiah, who was the son of a priest, did not feel equipped to be a prophet. He might have been like many a son who does not want to carry on the family business. Perhaps he was considering his own plans for the future, but he had not taken into consideration God's plan for him. From before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you. And that, by the way, brothers and sisters, is a specific word from the word of God to the New York State Legislature and their latest abortion laws. And it certainly is a word from God about the sanctity and the purposefulness of all human life from before conception until our final breath. But it is also a word for each of us, each of us who have been conceived not only by our human parents, but conceived in God's heart, in his image, for his purposes. And so he says, without the slightest pastoral concern for Jeremiah's objections, to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, 
you shall speak. Thankfully, he adds one hopeful and necessary provision. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. We'd like to believe that we are the captains of our own ship and the masters of our own fate, and that believing in God is a way that we can get what we want. And we'd like to believe that God wants us to be happy and trouble-free. Actually, we are God's way of getting what God wants. We are God's way of getting what God wants. And just what does God want, you might ask? And what does God plan to accomplish through Jeremiah? The restoration of Israel, world peace, justice for the poor? And how might each one of us be God's way of getting what God wants? Jeremiah's call was simply to speak God's word in and to a world in great need and danger, and it would not be easy. I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. That's what God's word does. And it is not an easy word, but it is a necessary word. Breakdown and uprooting, perhaps even the kind that's going on in your life right now. It always precedes building and planting. The word of God is indeed a two-edged sword. It's a fire. It's a hammer before it gives new life. Jeremiah would soon discover that there is not going to be anything easy about his call. For 40 years, from the reign of young King Josiah to Jeremiah's own exile in Egypt, he proclaimed the word of the Lord as he was criticized by his colleagues. They said he was a false prophet. As people paid him no attention, as people tried to get rid of him, as people made him a laughingstock, he was thrown into a well. He was taken into exile. He would indeed experience all the pain of the people to whom he was called to speak. And in that way, he would point the way to the prophet we heard about this morning in Luke's gospel. Jesus, the word, God's word made flesh. As many of you know, personally and painfully, God seems to be unbothered by taking happy, contented people and disturbing their peace, putting their very lives in peril. It does indeed rain on the just and the unjust, all the brokenness that the world has to offer. And it does sometimes seem that when you get some bad news, you'll get some more later that afternoon. And then tomorrow morning, the phone will ring and there'll be a little bit more. It certainly was true in Jeremiah's life. The word of God would bring Jeremiah trouble, O Lord, nothing but trouble, as it had its way. And through it all, Jeremiah was obedient simply to proclaim this living and active sword. And here, I believe, the word of the Lord to Jeremiah is also the word of the Lord for St. James Church. Like Jeremiah, each of us was created and is known by God and set apart for God's purposes and called to be prophets to speak out God's word in the world. It could be a specific call like being called into the priesthood, 
It could be like Elizabeth Bumpus being called to Uganda. It could be your own calling to be a teacher or a doctor or a mother. Different callings, even as we each have different gifts. It could be a call that changes according to the seasons. It may be that you are still seeking that specific call and wondering, even at age 70, what on earth you're supposed to do when you grow up. But for every one of us, for every one of us, there is one clear and common call that we need not wonder about. We need not pray about it. We need not seek God's guidance about it. And that call is to declare the word of God in season and out, and especially when you feel weak and inadequate and everything in the world around you says the word of God must not be true. When you're on your last legs, when you're grappling with broken relationships and unanswered prayers, when things have gone from bad to worse, when you don't want to, when, like Paul, you're in weakness and fear and much trembling and the waters are up to your neck, And before you have seen any proof whatsoever that God is working for good in all things for those who are called according to his purposes. And that is how Jeremiah touched me this week. Not to crawl in a hole and nurse my insecurities or self-medicate with my barbecue, which is chocolate. (laughs) But even, and especially when I am set in the midst of great dangers, to speak out his word, his word about which the hymn says, what more can he say? What more can he say than to you he hath said? Simply to put his word out and let the spirit do with it as it will. In my heart, in my family, in my church, in the nations. It is because of God's word that we as a diocese are in the midst of grave dangers because we have declared that we will not tamper with this word, rob it of its power, but we will speak it as the the Spirit provides. God's word is the one thing that God stands behind. He says to Jeremiah, I am watching over my word to perform it. I was very touched recently by the testimony of someone who in the midst of great turmoil decided simply to read the Bible out loud to herself. And she told me of the power of hearing the words of Isaiah, chapter after chapter, had the spoken words, the spoken words ministered to her, the word of God, a lamp to our feet, a light to our paths, and much more than that, the means God uses to bring the whole world to repentance and reconciliation with himself. It is our declaration by faith of God's word that will someday, if not right now, someday bring beauty out of ashes, peace out of conflict, new life out of brokenness, because it is God's nature to do no other other thing than to be true to himself, and he is good, and he is faithful. And when, as we heard in the Gospel of Luke this morning, Jesus says in the synagogue, this day the scripture from the prophet Isaiah has been fulfilled in your hearing, we have the tangible proof that God's commitment to his world is true through the word made flesh. 
Jesus himself, the one to proclaim good news, liberty to captives, and the power of the Spirit to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It may be that we see now through a glass darkly, but that is not his last word. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, and one day we shall see him face to face. And so as we said this morning in Psalm 71, my prayer this week is, so even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. God says, I formed you. I knew you before you were born. I consecrated you. I appointed you. To all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. And remarkably, as you declare his word, simply out of obedience, you come to know to the bottom of your heart that it is true. To which I say, thanks be to God.